0: listening to omnis protocol i'm charles also known as omnis and my guest for this episode is Devin, aka cutthroat cure on twitch what's going on buddy not too much what's going on with you i'm excited to have a hobby side episode with everybody stuck at home just like painting and can't go see anybody i figure it's the perfect time for us to just nerd out on the hobby side
1: I mean, let's be honest, there's absolutely no option otherwise to hobby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Gaming is not an option. I definitely miss the, like, game store hobby hangouts where you just, like, cover a table on a drop cloth and painting boards and stuff. And you just, like, have a bunch of people hang out and drink and paint. They do that at mocks all the time.
1: Yeah, I've heard about this. And as I said, Mox is always one of my absolute favorites to go to um, when I make it to the West Coast. I have plenty of shirt from there. Um, But I think the funny part when I'm really enjoying, I'm actually enjoying about this quarantine is just seeing how many people are actually getting projects done. So I think once this quarantine is over, getting to see the amount of actual painted forces that are going to exist, I think is going to be really impressive.
0: Yeah, for sure. I've... There's been a bunch of models where I picked up a second copy so that I could either like upgrade my paint scheme and try to do a little bit better job because I rushed it in the beginning or to have extra to make it easier to field two armies. Um, and I'm trying to wrap up a second table. But, man, let's talk about you a little bit, because obviously I know you from the wargaming side way, way, way back. Um, But you have been running your own Twitch channel, Cutthroat Cure. You do a stream. Is it basically
1: every Thursday, right? I do. I do it Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. And then I will do like the occasional, like I will switch it. I mean, I won't switch it up. Those are the days I always stream. But like um, sometimes like if I'm feeling feisty, I actually find like the whole reason I started the channel was in order to, to basically motivate myself because I realized through gaming and stuff and going to conventions, you know, I, I run uh, along with my, my dear friend, John Leclerc. We run the entire war machine side of the Nova open. And I realized that when I would go to the Nova open, I would be there for say four or five days for, for convention time. And I would paint six models in like four or five days where when I'm at home and I have my full studio, and more than enough time to paint, I might finish a model a month. And that was really disheartening for me. Um, And so I realized there was this little bit of a connection between basically that social interaction and my extrovert, um, basically mentalities, and that by taking that, uh, taking that and actually um, keeping myself kind of like mentally um, challenged as I was painting, I'm painting about at least two models a week now um, which is awesome know, that's an 800% increase in what I was <laughs> producing and it's getting faster so dude that's great and your stuff is gorgeous
0: like I really enjoyed hanging out with you while you were working on Nebula um, for the listeners kind of randomly we just decided I would hang out on the discord chat with him and I was on audio and we would just like talk shop all the way through his painting stream for like four or five and a half hours it was super fun and your Nebula turned out great. Yeah,
1: no, I was really happy. Um, it was the, she's the first Nebula in the wild. Um, and as I said on my stream, I basically had to use a Master Ball to get her. And um, we I did get her for the Nova Open Charity Foundation. So, um, but I am talking to one person just because I had such a fun time painting her in that scheme then um, I actually think I'm going to end up picking a second one up and s- either deciding, hey, to keep that one or to, you know... One of them is getting donated to the charity. I just... I have some other ideas for schemes I might do.
0: Yeah, experiment. You might end up liking the second scheme even more.
1: Who knows? I, and that is that is just sometimes the, the burden of being, like, a very, um, like, just goal oriented painter is like, you just sometimes find yourself like really excited about a piece and then like wanting to keep that piece, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your charity event. I don't want to like scale past that one too quick, but you guys are basically like putting together, you know, kind of like a whole roster practically of MCP models
1: that get raffled off for charity. Yep. So the, uh, no, no, uh charity it's NOCF the Nova Open Charity Foundation has been doing it for the last uh like 11 years but basically they do a giant um, they have painters and builders and, and people all around the world who basically put their time and effort into um, completing armies and display pieces and different things um, to basically be raffled off. And then the winners are announced at the Nova Open Labor Day weekend. Um, myself and um, a few other painters, including Dallas Kemp, uh, Sam Lenz, Chris Suri, and many others who... Have been in the community for quite a while. We we all come together and we do one larger force. Um, last year we did a Monpoc force. The few years before that we did a um, we did a War Machine army, a full um, fifty point for one year, and then we started doing the, 70 point, the 75 point lists. Um, so somebody's getting a full fully painted army, painted by you know some master class and you know experienced painters. This year we decided that. We wanted to do Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, So each one of us um, is getting one miniature to paint for it. And we're using that miniature to basically do like very high display quality um, levels. So whoever's going to get that force, which I believe is either 8 or 10. I think it's actually 10. I think it's a 10 10 model roster. And that person's going to get that, widgets, all of the cards... Um, and basically that full force, um, will be raffled. Um, and basically anybody internet internationally can purchase the, can purchase tickets for it and, uh, we, they ship it for free. So that is so cool. Yeah. Has
0: anyone else uh, finished the models outside of potentially Nebula? Um, so
1: I finished mine. Um, Dallas has basically finished his Thor um, oh, Yom, that's going to look cool. Yeah, it's really cool. He did some really cool texture with it. So um, the studio director for Marvel Crisis Protocol, he, that's uh, Dallas Kemp. He's doing the Thor. Um, Yom is doing Yom Machine, um, which um, he's done a really cool stuff. He did a really awesome MODOK that he featured on the Marvel Crisis Protocol Facebook group. He's doing Loki. Um, I know that James Craig is doing Groot. And uh, I actually saw some current uh work in progress pictures where he's actually adding more bark and actual extra roots and stuff to the group model to make him really like earthy that's awesome yeah so there's just been a lot of fun stuff that people are doing um and everybody's taking their time and just kind of having fun with the miniatures and um, as you saw, like I did my Nebula, and and if that's the one that I will donate, which is very possible, you know, uh, the 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 type of quality and effort we want to put into it, because we want, you know, we really want to generate a buzz, because all the proceeds, 100%, goes towards charity. There's no administration costs, none of that. So we we really try and dedicate our time. And this has actually been one of the coolest projects for us, is because like doing the Monpark. Uh, Force last year, I had to do, like, five models. Of course, with the War Machine, other than doing the War Casters, um, you know, you might have to do, like, four or five models. Um, like, Matt DiPietro did uh, the Scaldi for one of them, and I did all of the Champions. But uh, for this Marvel Crisis Protocol, just because it's such a small skirmish game with such highly detailed miniatures, the amount of, like, detail that we're getting to put into them it's, it's so much higher than we usually get to focus on. And that is such a cool feeling. Um, and I'm really excited to see the force all together. And I actually designed all of the, the, the base scheme that we're doing, which is, if you look at my, my nebula, um, that base scheme is going to be across the board for all of them.
0: That's awesome. You know, kind of slightly off subject, but you I assume you've seen the pictures of Henry Cavill painting Warhammer minis? Yes. I just realized that I think my world would be complete if I got to see Vin Diesel painting Grouped. I think
1: that would be fantastic. I think it would also... I think it would be cool to see, like, um uh, 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 Chris Pratt do Star-Lord, like, paint Star-Lord. Yeah. Because you could actually, like... You know, hearing Vin Diesel, you know, I am Groot, but seeing, like chris pratt actually doing like his old like parks and rex voices where he's like painting it a little bit and getting that whole like star lord voice i think that'd be really cool
0: yeah that'd definitely be fun i think it's just that i know vin diesel's that next level of nerd where i could totally see him doing it and loving it. like there was um what was it like avengers endgame i think it was he showed up wearing a leather jacket with like twigs and branches that were like attached to the jacket <laughs>
1: Did you know that he did the Street Sharks commercials back in the day? Uh, I think I did know that. He was a representative for, I think it was either Bandai or Hasbro. I can't remember the company. But he actually would go to toy fairs and do all of, like, the interactions of Street Sharks and was doing, like, the voices and stuff. And, like... To think about the day of before the critical role and everything where everybody was like, Oh, D where now it's such a big thing. You know, Vin Diesel back in the day would put out things where he was DMing and stuff like that. And I always thought that was such a cool interaction um, that we didn't really get, you know, many places.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Well, let's get, let's dig deeper into the
0: painting stuff. So I'm just curious. Of all of the models that you've seen and painted and worked on for Marvel Crisis Protocol so far, which model has been
1: your favorite for any reason? So um, that's such a hard... I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you asked me in War Machine and Hordes, I could probably give you my, my, my favorites hands down, just real easy. But for some reason, like MCP is such a difficult it's so difficult to just pick one. For example, when I started, I have at this point at this time at right now, I have not painted any of the core set. I have the core set and I've been building the core set, but I have painted literally zero of them. Um, To be fair, it's only difficult because you haven't painted star Lord yet. Exactly. (laughs) And I have, and I mean, I own every character for the game and I have a nebula, you know, which is saying something, you know, and it's like, my f- favorite, like right off the bat, was painting. I loved painting Modoc. Like, just to get a character yeah. that.
0: Yeah, super fun.
1: Just, it's not your everyday character, you know? Like, all right, everyone, you know, even though we haven't seen X Men or anything like that, everybody ha- has seen or can think of like painting a Wolverine or you paint a Captain America. Okay, you've seen that, especially if you played the Night Models games. But Modoc? Like name another <laughs> character that reminds you of him or is anything like painting that figure. Um, I can't lost. one. <laughs> exactly. And so getting to paint him was a real joy. But then like, I think right now, I mean, I've painted, I'm now painting my second venom um, for commission and he's just absolutely a blast. I'm having so much fun with him. I was never a huge Killmonger fan, but Painting his figure was absolutely fantastic. So it's like I couldn't really tell you just one figure because I think each figure for MCP is so detailed and has so much character that you can find. You'd have an easier time telling which ones you don't like than the one like your favorite. I think I'm not letting you skate on this one. You gotta. You have to take a hot take and pick one. If I had to pick just one right now that I would paint... I don't know. I really enjoyed painting Killmonger, and I think I enjoyed painting him so much because it was the first time that I had really did a deep dive into painting, like, dark skin. And it came out so much better than I thought Um, because, as I said, you know, as soon as you're stepping into something for the first time, you know, there's a lot of trial and error. But I really felt like... And maybe it was just the figure or maybe I just got it. But it was like across the board as I was painting that miniature. When I finished him, I was just so excited about his the final like uh, result that, you know. And so I'd probably say either Killmonger, Modok or Venom. And I don't know. I would have to say that. But I, like no, if that's, I had to that's say-
0: a totally fair answer. You you at least like said some names. I'll
1: accept that. I'm really excited though. I'm super excited to paint. I'm really excited to paint um Doctor Strange. Um I'm really super super duper excited to paint Groot because I want I want to do some real cool stuff. I'm going to take Um, rocket off of his branches and basically try and build a display basically a display base for the gaming table where his branch is like busting through something or throwing something so that it's like tied into his actual miniature instead of you know being on a secondary miniature that may not make it into my force you know
0: yeah no I gotcha I'm with you there I did not end up using the branch I tried to put it onto Groot's base and I just wasn't quite loving it so I left it off I think people have definitely done that. I think that's a cool direction.
1: And I really want to think about, like, with Star-Lord, since you mentioned him, I really want to see if there's a possible way to, like, repose him so that he's doing the the forward shooting. So it looks like he's basically getting blasted backwards
0: as he's shooting.
1: So I kind of want to do that so he's more of an at an angle than just, like... Because I feel like he's got, he's a very dynamic model, but I feel like even with how dynamic he is, um, he's still kind of static. But I think the model I'm the most excited for out of all of them that I've seen um, is Green Goblin. Yeah, that one.
0: I'm sure your paint job on that one is going to be crazy cool.
1: Yeah, because I think I'm going to do two because I I think I want to do one as Norman Osborn and then I think I want to do one as the Hobgoblin cross-off. Even though I know that we're going to get a Hobgoblin, um, I really want to see, I really want to do one as like when Norman Osborn basically let the Hobgoblin use his materials and I think that might be some, will allow for some cool effects and, you know, definitely some pumpkin bombs and all that stuff.
0: (laughs) For sure. I'm on board. Yeah, there's a lot a lot to be looking forward to. Okay, so um, slightly off topic, but you brought up Venom specifically. Do you have any suggestions for people that are trying to tackle some of these really dark models like Venom, Black Panther? Do you have any tips for kind of making it work? Because this is such a bright game in most cases that it's really easy to make those characters feel too
1: dark. Cold Black... Yeah, it's coal black from the P three line. Yep. So, or you could do cold black from the uh, the um, Pro acrylic line from Monument Games because they're they're both they're very different, but they're also very similar. It's basically taking like I would avoid pure black. Like that's my biggest goal. That would be my biggest suggestion. Is if you're doing a Venom, you're doing a Black Panther, any of these really dark characters, avoid pure black unless you're doing like the darkest the darkest shadowed areas um, because that is going to be the real kicker um, so for like my black panther I went with a real pretty vibrant purple for the highlights so I didn't go with like a black but I've seen people do blues you could do um, like a gray color there's like so much to do but I think what's cool is is if you take a let's say a coal black, and you add any of those other colors, so let you, a purple, a blue, or even just a regular gray to it, You, it's already got so much of the base colors that you would see in black that, that f- for the human eye to perceive it, it's going to come off as black. And I think that's when you're going to see those very, very, um, like, really cool um, schemes for it. And I think you just need to, just when you're going into it, paint bravely, you know? Like... Don't worry about the fact of, oh, is this going to do this or is this going to do that? You've really got to just kind of step into it with, you know, worst case scenario, you might have to add some more, you know, paint to it to bring it back down. But if you go into it and you throw in, let's say some, you know, some purple or some blues into your, um, into your highlights, then the next thing you're going to know is you might get something that you never expected, um... And definitely, like, look at the comic book art. Like, um, for the Venom piece I'm working at right now, all of his highlights, even though he's pure black, um, all of his highlights are a very bright, bright blue, and that in itself is very is very crazy because of the fact that you would never think, oh, I'm going to go this super bright blue, but for it, it works.
0: You know? Yeah. Honestly, a lot of comic book black is actually blue. You look at, like, Superman's hair a lot of the time, like, blue is used a ton.
1: And that's because black, like, blue and black, um, like, blue is the closest to black. And you're going to realize that you're going to... When, when you're working with things, like if you want to use a very bright color and you don't want to use pure white, you use a bright yellow, like lemon yellow. Lemon yeah. yellow or an ivory, if you look at ivory, it's got undertones of yellow in it. Well, black and blue are very similar. So that's where you kind of get that uh, you know smooth flow with those.
0: Yep, yeah, makes sense. All right. So do you have any specific techniques that would work well for Marvel Crisis Protocol models that you think people should be practicing or maybe checking out YouTube tutorials? You know, so for the random people that are trying to get better and like try to like get more of their models painted, especially during this quarantine, what would you suggest to them?
1: Definitely two brush blending. It's such a cool technique, especially when you're working with models with so much surface area. So if you're painting Hulk, that's a lot of green, you know. But if you can properly, if you can kind of, he's got so many, there's so much room on him to practice two brush blending. So basically, you know, whether you're using spit or whether you're using like paint water, basically just keeping two brushes, taking one brush. Over an area and basically like dipping in water, or you know, licking your brush and like putting it over that, that area, and then taking the next color and kind of dragging it across, you can you start creating these really cool, smooth transitions. So it's not going to work as well as like, let's say Groot, because Groot has so much like um, depth to details correct and, correct and depth and stuff, to yeah. character. But it but captain america ultron red skull i mean hulk is a big one you start working on that two brush blending uh, i mean next thing you know is you've got ghost rider coming out and ghost rider has all these flames and then you can start making these really smooth very close transitions with the colors that you may not have been expecting and so it's not as much as it's there are things that you need to know to paint these but it's one of those things that the this game uh, gives you the ability to really practice those um, techniques, and you'll see like a lot of benefit from it. I believe.
0: And I think you made a really good point there that taking something like Hulk and practicing on him like to be able to like, you know, check out a YouTube video, see how it works and then play around with it on Hulk. That's going to help you get the idea rather than starting off on some small model like Captain America or something where you've got a lot less surface area to work with. I think that will that'll make a big difference that way when you get to like your favorite model, you know you have some more practice with it. And so you can do a better job on, you know, whoever's your favorite character.
1: Like and I, exactly. And I think it's, it's a cool, I think a cool concept is this worst case scenario. As I keep saying is let's say that you do it on Hulk and you don't like the method it is. Well, Hulk has the least amount of detail on his actual person than any other model in the line. Yeah, like even, The easiest one you could start over right and that's what i'm saying like and we you know in worst case scenario you get a you get a a bad transition you just go back and you just take a little bit of you just take some green and you just go back over it and you just like redo it you know and i think that's that in itself is such a cool learning experience and something that you're going to just get out of these miniatures that you're not going to find in many places
0: yeah for sure all right. So, are there any specific um, supplies that you would recommend people picking up? Like, say, a brush, for instance. Do you have like a recommended kind of budget brush and a recommended like brush on the little bit
1: more pricey side? So, I so for the budget brushes, I definitely, and I know a lot of people hate the company, and it's unfortunate that I have to suggest a product that they only carry. But Hobby Lobby has a set of brushes called their Fine Touch. And basically, it's like they're synthetic acrylic brushes. They're basically, for five brushes in one set and three brushes in the other, you're spending $3 for one pack and $5 for the other pack. And I will basically do 75 to 80% of my models using those brushes. And then when I get to that last, as I said, 25 to 20%, where I'm really working on that, like, those details that I'm trying to really apply, that's when I'll break out, like... Um, a Rosemary or company or a, you know, um, Windsor and Newton series seven or a broken toad. Like those all, I, I don't suggest just any one of them because like you could be using a, a, Raphael and there's some people that have used some of the brushes and the brushes are just like, depending on when you buy them and the quality of them and when they were produced. And, you know, with, as you know, you, you get such different results, but, Any brush that you're going to be spending a decent amount of money on, you want to use to do, you want to keep them as precise as possible because that's your detail, that's your money shots. And, um, so I, as I said, I try to do all of my, my basic work with the, um, cheaper brushes, um, to basically extend the life of my expensive ones. That makes sense.
0: The brushes that I, I want to pick up like a, a Windsor Newton 7 or something like that soon because I'm trying to take my painting up a notch. But I've been finding that the from the army painter line, the Wargamer Regiment and Wargamer character brushes are not too expensive. They're maybe like five or six bucks each, something like that. And I've been able to get some good work out of those. So if someone's someone's looking for something, I found that they have been about the right size for a lot of the MCP models.
1: And I think, I mean, I would tell most people to keep a, a 2 and a 1 for any brush size. Like, other than your, your synthetic cheapo brushes, because their sizing is kind of all over the place. But when you start getting into Kalinsky Sables or any really high-definition detail brushes, there's the Bombwicks from Monumental Games, and their actual... Um, synthetic, I mean, not synthetic, but actual Kalinsky sable, real hair brushes. And they're, they're very affordable. And I think the, the thing about it is, is, and I mean, granted, I've said this before, because I'm not the biggest um, army painter fan, um, is the fact that like, you can make most brushes work. Like, I mean, I've finger painted before. So it's <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's something you can do. Um, the thing about it is, you will see such a difference when you're working with the right materials at that upper level, that if you really want to increase the level of your painting, knowing what kind of brushes and actually going for a little bit of like quality, when you get to that higher, that higher detail, you you won't, you're not going to find another alternative for it. And I think that's something super important is yeah, sure. You can, I could do an entire model with, my cheapo brushes and I could probably do it with the army painter ones. But I think once you start working with something like a really nice Kalinsky sable or something that has such a precision tip on it and you, you learn that brush control, um, you're, you're never going to go back to something. Uh,
0: I was just going to say, I don't think I'll ever go back once I get one.
1: Yeah. And I, and that's (laughs) the crazy part about it.
0: So which uh, out of curiosity, so I've been wanting to upgrade to a nice, brush and so you think i should get a size one and a size two yep and do you have a recommendation of the nicer brands like which one i should start with um
1: windsor and newton is a is a tried and true but they're like don't buy them off amazon if you're gonna buy any of the brushes you're really gonna want to try and buy them from like europe because of the fact that you're gonna get such a different quality because they have access and that's where they're made so like There is only, for Windsor and Newton um, specifically, I think there is only 18 master brush makers that makes it for Windsor and Newton to this day for the Series 7. Okay. Um, And it takes them, I think, like 12 years to become a master. And when you hear about the extent of the stuff that goes into these brushes and basically that each brush is being handmade, like that is such a a crazy concept. Um so those are good. The rosemary's can be good. I for most of my work I do them for like my more extreme details just because their smaller brushes have it. But as I said, if you're looking for a really good budget in the in the States brush the um that has a really good um customer service um the Bombwicks by um uh monumental games they're an absolute fantastic um they're an absolute fantastic deal they come in a set of five um i use i've used the red the red handled ones he has a a bunch of different types but they're they're such a good one to start like getting you used to that kind of brush very easily uh i like it what would be a good spot for me to order
0: something like that
1: um, i think you could just go to i, I think it's creature caster um, is where he has them um, i can never remember if it's monumental games or if it's creature caster but they're basically one in the same there uh their partnership between the two so um and as i said the the pro acrylics that i've been talking about during um, and those brushes they all come from the same company so
0: oh gotcha cool cool all right, man. So let's talk about some of the models and stuff that we've seen and been looking at. What's the coolest alternative color scheme that you've seen on any of the MCP models so far?
1: Um, I saw somebody do the Russian soldier instead of like uh, of um, like basically the Hail Hydra alternate um, scheme Captain America. Mm. So where he got brainwashed by um russia and stuff so that was a really cool one i saw um i really enjoy the alternate the different versions and all the alternate schemes for the vision i've seen
0: yeah there's been a ton of those
1: yeah that's like the ones that i've seen that have had the i mean like you're only seeing so many black panthers and shuris and all of them but i i really feel like I think the the different poses that they do on Spider Man is fantastic. I think the like different conversions that people have done with Thor, but when it comes to an actual s- straight paint scheme, I would have to say that Vision has come out the best of any I've seen, and that's just because people like he's such a smooth character, and there's so much like you can do with him that it, it makes it really easy. I think one of the weird things and I'm not a huge
0: Venom fan like from the comics, but I've found Venom like Venom with a good paint job is one of my favorite things to see. Like, like as we talked about when you're trying to paint black and stuff, when you have those characters that has just done really well with a nice right blend of non-black colors. ah, oh, they just look so good.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's why I've enjoyed him so much. And like, as we're speaking right now, I'm actually painting a display piece um, for a client of Venom um, directly from um, the Lethal Protector series. So, and, I, and I'm enjoying it because of the fact that it's giving me another chance to work on, A, the smooth blends that we were talking about, and working with colors that you wouldn't expect to see as your highlights. So, as we said, you know, most people you might look at and you go, okay, you're, you're working with black, you're probably going to see a gray as your highlight, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, working with Venom, I mean, I did a two-tone Venom where the front of him was working with blues and purples and the coal blacks, but then the entire back of him is is red, very Carnage style, and and it was basically a Jen, um, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on her last name, but Jen, I think it's Barteller Barnett um, artwork. Um, from an older venom comic that i wanted to recreate so i I did it in that two-tone and i very highly um recommend it to anybody that wants to just like play around it's like work around with those like very unique colors with him
0: nope that makes total sense i really
1: want to see a green i really want to see somebody do a green venom well, I have wanted to work on a second Venom because I mean think about, it. I mean it's like it's not a color you see very often, but I think if you did like a, you know, I think he would 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 resemble Scorpion a good bit from the web crawlers. So yeah, I man. think but I think you could do some really cool really cool stuff with with green with him. Oh no, I totally agree. And give them like a very, like it would be very much like a secret of the ooze feel. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the Ninja Turtles. So you don't exactly. have to on that
0: one. <laughs> all right. So obviously for the, the charity project, you kind of chose the basing scheme. What kind of tips can you give people who are looking to like flare, you know, give a little flair to their MCP bases? What would you recommend?
1: So I think that the basing pieces that they, that they supply through, um, that they supply through um, Atomic Mass games are fantastic, but I think they get a little repetitious. Just because if ev- like it just looks like Starbucks just like emptied out all of their trash can all- along the streets of New York on all of their bases. Like there's just so many coffee cups and- or beer bottles. It's like what is going on here. Um, so I like I like the mentality of like organized chaos. So looking at like, if you look at any sort of, like, miniature housing stuff, you can find a lot of really cool stuff, like plates or, you know, other types of terrain. Um, I know you and I had talked about it, but there's a company called Evergreen Miniatures or Scale Models, Evergreen Scale Models, and they do a lot of, like um polystyrene pieces and um i like to use those for like rebarb i like to use them for like I beams and like different uh steel work um another cool thing you can do is you can take um, old guitar string and cut it up and you can make like thick wiring that's coming out of the ground so like you could easily do like a busted street lamp with like uh, guitar wire, and then it looks like someone's like ripped the internal workings of it out, like the big giant uh, wires. So that's a really yeah, cool one. Sure. Um, and I mean, and I mean stuff like that's really fun. Uh, and I think it's such a cool aspect that you know just look through like other things. Like I've seen a lot of people who have who have like gone to like the children's toy sections, and sometimes those little um, additions or like little tools and stuff you might see. I think they make such a cool um like addition that you you wouldn't always think about it,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. I think all that stuff can really like help add another another level. And just your bases are particularly cool looking. So I ordered some from that Evergreen site that you had mentioned because I'm I'm constantly looking for ways to like spice up the bases a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the cool, and that's what I try and tell people whenever I suggest basing ideas is go into it with the concept of have a story. Like with all of my bases, I try and think about very much of what is the overall, what is the overall like theme or like thought i'm having so when i picture all of these were like i mean i'm a huge marvel fan um comic books is what taught me how to read um just because i'm real hard-headed um that idea of like envisioning all these grand characters that i'm taking all this time to paint in like some sort of battle that like getting that vision in my head uh no pun intended um gives me the hey, idea puns
0: are always intended on this podcast. Don't you dare unpun.
1: <laughs> so then pure pun. So it gives me the vision of like what I want to see. So like when I decided when I was going to be creating a force, um, since I'm not having to do like basically an like per se an army like I would do for like War Machine or say 40k or something like that, um and you can be a little bit more unique, you should still have something that ties them all together, you know? And, I mean, it's not saying that you can't do an entire force where each one is on their own different, their own, like, terrain. But I think, like, when you look at, like, Black Panther beside Thor, beside, you know, Captain America with, you know, Ghost Rider there, and they all have something that ties them together, I think that's like such a cool concept and so like going in it with a have a clear vision in your head of what you want to see from it so do you want to see like a destroyed terrain do you want to see them do you want them to be very dynamic do you want them to look like they're in the midst of a battle and so for me i decided i wanted all of mine to look like basically they're in war-torn new york during um the first avengers movie you know like that whole like rubble everywhere they definitely
0: stuff. they definitely have that feel for sure
1: and that's what i wanted and the thing is is that even though i'm in incorporating characters such as nebula and other people who may not have been included in that aspect i like to think of the comic series marvel civil war not the movie but the comics um, of this grand battle encompassing every single marvel character minus the hulk um, and putting them together and then trying to give them fun stuff you know you know, can you build a, you know, can you build a pile of rubble? Can you do something fun? So with my Black Panther specifically, um, I was doing him on stream. Um, the people who were watching me on stream said I basically gave them full reign. Hey, what do you want to see? And we had we had a funny talk about how Black Panther always seems to be like cat landings. So we said how superhero landings are absolutely horrible on your knees. Um, and so we built a base um, you know, with the direction of the stream and me building it with Black Panther actually like slamming the ground and bending rebar like a, a steel beam with his knees. Um nice. so you get that kind of funny story there. And I think adding little little kind of combinations there are very possible with A a game of this scale and B with characters that everybody knows that, you know, if you're in the know, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally
0: right there with you and I'm definitely one of those where I've got to have my basing scheme kind of uniform across all of them because as soon as I start giving the Guardians their own set of bases that means like anytime I'm going to play the Guardians I need to buy separate models to specifically base them so they match my Guardians (laughs) and I feel like that could get really expensive for me really fast
1: yeah and I think I mean you can definitely do some cool stuff like I've I've looked at people who have done things like okay I'm going to do all of Wakanda in this sort of scheme, but you should always have something that ties them together. So it could be something as simple as every single person, no matter in what terrain they're in, maybe has bricks on their bases. And it's and you paint all the bricks the same color. And even though it's such a minute detail, just having that brick like those bricks on every single base somehow ties all of them. It gives them something that is uniform across the board. I've actually had consideration where I, you know, I know you're a big Legion fan. I did a huge commission for Legion way back in the day, and he wanted all these different feels of them to like have like different skins and, you know, uh, the blight was taking over them in different ways in their terrain, but I had made little purple flowers and every single one of them, regardless of the terrain they were on or what their skin was, they all had these purple flowers across the board.
0: Hmm. That's, and, that's a cool idea.
1: And that tied them together.
0: All right. Well, I think that, that gives some people some different ideas for changing around their bases and stuff. What do you think... Do you have any advice for people who want to tackle maybe modding a character? Like, they want to do Dr. Octopus, like, on the tentacles with his feet dangling. Like, what? do you have any specific tool suggestions or strategy suggestions for people that want to tackle
1: their first mod? Brass Rod? Probably a, uh, like, a .75 or .5, like, dimer. You want something. So the P3 line, it's not their biggest size, but... They're like medium-sized one. It's absolutely perfect. I use it for everything, and I get so sad whenever I run out. Like I just use – I've probably used 40 packets of it in my lifetime just because I love that. But brass rod, knowing when to pin your models – so like you said Doc Ock. Well, if you're going to try and put them up there, those arms, they're pretty sturdy. But – you're going to have to do some cutting. You're going to have to do this. But as soon as you insert a brass rod into them and, and attach it to another piece, you've now created a uniform bond between the two pieces that glue is not going to be able to do. So being able to take that and put that together, that is always a very strong... Um, is always a strong um, benefit. Also, if you're really going to try and do a mod, let's say you're going to try and add a tabard to somebody or an eye patch, like I really want to do, like a uh, a solid snake Captain America feel or like Winter. <laughs> I was thinking I about Winter Soldier who have
0: um, done the the like the the blonde haired head for Captain America and have him like holding his helmet. Whenever oh, I yeah. see that, I'm like,
1: oh, that's so cool yeah and that's and even that's even above like my level like i i'm pretty good with some like mods but some people they just like they just get it you know but yeah, like for, sure. for me if you're gonna do any sort of sculpting onto them i cannot suggest um silicone sculpting tools enough there and it, like people will get the metal ones but the fact is is like you can use the metal ones but the silicone ones they just they make life so much easier, especially when you're w- working on a very, like, sculpt-heavy piece that,
0: um... Because yeah, nothing wants to stick to silicone. Like, there are so few things that want to stick to it. I've had to glue it to things. I know how hard it is to attach silicone to stuff.
1: Yeah, and I always make jokes. Like, one of my friends, he always has a hard time dating. And I always, I always tell him that his dating life is much like silicone, where nobody wants to stick with him. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, he but does I not it. like that joke. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, good, good, good advice. All right, so obviously everyone's got some terrain for this game, more so than your average miniatures game. Do you have any suggestions for people that are trying to, like, get their corset terrain painted and their, like, garbage trucks and stuff?
1: I mean, have fun with it. So, um, you know, if there's anybody that's been interested in, like, using dry pigments or weathering weathering powder, like, those are the things to use it. The dumpsters, like... Some of the if you look through the different groups or this, the different galleries, I will guarantee the ones that you are drawn the most to are always going to be the ones that look really gritty. And I think that that is the perfect time for somebody to use like a that's when you're supposed to use like a uh like a weathering, a weathering pigment, so you can actually get to just grab some alcohol when it's available, thanks COVID, um, and um, grab like some just dry pigments from like Secret Weapon or Vallejo, and basically just go ham. Like get yourself some crap brushes and basically just sit down with your with your models and basically pick up a crappy brush sta- and and literally stab some some dry pigments into the different pieces. You can create rust. You can create grime. You can really have some fun with it. And and once again, MCP trucks and, like, the different, like, little materials like that, they're such a perfect learning experience for anybody that wants to start playing around with that material because this is the one game that that stuff is going to make so much sense for. And they give you the ability to work with such a large surface. Those dumpsters are perfect. You could do rust, you could do grime, you can do copper like oxidization ox, you know, oxidation. Oxidation. Thank you. You can do that. You can do like I on my lamp post, I was doing like bird poop, like <laughs> trying to do texture because it's like I love it. The, yeah, cuz it's like I will tell you nothing is more impressive for someone else who is looking at your miniatures You can look at a miniature and you can think a miniature is awesome. And you look at any of those miniatures with like the little coffee cups um, and you see like uh, someone did something funny. So um, Kat, um, so um, one of my good friends, she's a miniature painter. Um, She's also the better half of Mike Ireland. She does a lot of miniature painting. Um, Her and I were at Captain Con and as I was painting the Hulk, I actually wrote her name on the coffee cup, Starbucks style. And put that down there. And it's still on my miniature today. And that was kind of a, she just happened to be there. We were joking around. I told her I was going to add her to my my miniature. and But anybody who looks at my Hulk, they'll always see that coffee cup. And then they will attempt to read the name on it. And when they read it, then it kind of it makes them feel like they found Waldo in your miniature. So doing little fun stuff like that and pushing yourself as a miniature painter to basically hide little details into things, that will make somebody who's looking at your miniatures feel a hundred times cooler looking at like about looking at your miniatures. So like, you know if you do something where if you're a big comic book nerd, And you see somebody who did like a Venom and then they also included like a little tiny camera in the corner. Like anybody who's a big Venom nerd is going to be like, ah, Eddie Brock. He was a cameraman, you know, and it kind of like ties it in and it makes them feel excited because they know something about that miniature that maybe some other people don't know. Like why they put a little Easter egg found that. uh Exactly. And we're a society of nerds who love Easter eggs. How many people, when they see like a shirt or hear somebody say, like, I was a brown coat or mention something about brown coat, that like get like super excited because they were a huge fan of Firefly, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I think it'd be funny having like a Starbucks cup that says Eddie, you know, like on the base for Venom, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Man, I love it. I love it. Those are great ideas. All right, so what are you just so like kind of stuff that's on the horizon what are you most looking forward to from the future mcp releases i know you mentioned doctor strange already but i want you to pick number one which is the one you're most excited to work on green goblin and thanos oh yeah i think like those are those are definitely
1: cool um i also am really like i liked them in endgame like, Proxima and the the rest of... Um, the Black Order. The Black Order. I thought they were super cool characters in, like, the... I thought they were cool characters in the movies and stuff. But, like, you know, I'll be honest. Like, I don't... Like, I, I read Infinity Gauntlet as an early, early child, you know? So my idea of Infinity Gauntlet is very different than what came out. Like, I want some Adam Warlock. I want stuff like that, you know? So, but I'm really excited about, like, the depth and the character that is in them that, like, like, even though they're not ones that, like, I'm like, ooh, this is, like, something from my, you know, childhood or something, I'm super excited to paint them just because, like, they have so much flavor to them. So, like, um... And that's just something really cool. But I would definitely say, as I said, Doctor Strange is a huge one. Green Goblin. Thanos, of course. You know, I'm already talking to people about doing, like, a few Thanos conversions, depending on what they want. Um, Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just because I'm so excited about painting that specific miniature. I'm also very excited about doing um, Frank Castle Punisher.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel you.
1: Because I have, like, three ideas, and I swear swear to God, I will get so mad if I do not finish it in the time before someone hears this, so I'm just going to say it anyways. But I want to do a... I want to do the alternate scheme for uh, Punisher, where he picks up Captain America's shield and a hood.
0: Nice. Um, well, you realize um, this episode's going to come out in, like, a few days.
1: Yeah, so I, I know this, and at some point, <laughs> someone's going to be like, hear it, and they're going to be like, ooh, that's such a good idea. But, like, the the, I want to do like basically when they come out with Punisher I want to do like two where I have my regular Punisher but I also want to do one from um you know Fallen Sun where he you know where everybody was like who's going to be the next Captain America and everybody thought it was going to be Frank Castle and I was really excited about that so I think that'll be another one of those really cool abilities for a alternate scheme
0: no I'm I'm right there with you I'm a big Big, big Punisher fan myself. So I think that's a fantastic idea. All right, man. So where can the listeners find you afterwards? if I want to check out your Twitch streams and stuff, what, what do they look for?
1: So I... Uh, I you can just... L- legitimately look cutthroat cure it's all one word um you can thank 13 uh, year old me thinking i was absolutely awesome coming up with that name um but then you can also blame 32 year old me for still thinking it's cool um but i'm on instagram i'm on twitter um i'm on facebook and as i said i stream every thursday monday and sunday um and um i do a lot of different A lot of different things. Right now I've been featuring an absolute ton of Marvel Crisis Protocol. And most of the time when a new release comes out. So like when Groot and Star-Lord came out. I actually did a giveaway for them that day. um, So that people had access to them um, right before they came out. So I really wanted people to... Um, be able to get that so when i do giveaways and stuff like that i try to give people uh, a huge option of different figures they're going to do and i will i'm getting ready soon to be doing a a basing like a a bunch more basing because i guess a lot of people really enjoy the way i do that so what i usually will do is i will do like a one or two stream like series where any viewers who are on there can help choose like what they want to see on basing like what can we do so for like Killmonger we built an actual stone throne and an actual table for his panther um to sit on and that was and we also did a, a singing in the rain venom so my venom is like hanging off a fence post singing very like you know very ominous um in the background. So, and those were just things where people wanted to do something that was a dynamic and be fun and just something that's very, um, I like to think unique about if someone ever plays my figures, they'll definitely know that, um, you know, they they, know the
0: story behind it.
1: Correct. And they got to be, they got to be a part of, you know, building this force that's now taking up uh, a massive portion of my display cabinet. So, Very cool. Well, listeners, you can also...
0: So I set up a link tree for Omnus Protocol... So I basically, and I've also added kind of all of the the friends of OP, and so um, you can find like Recalibration Matrix's link, you can find Across the Bifrost, Xavier Protocols, and the Cutthroat Cure Twitch. So my link tree is pretty easy to find. It's the primary link on my Facebook. It's the primary link on my Twitter account. But now when you go to my link tree, whether you're like trying to find my Patreon feed because you want to subscribe and like get those bonus episodes and stuff, I put... I put everything on that link tree. So just everyone has easy access to stuff. Like you want my RSS feed, like it's there. So you can just copy that link and stick it into your podcast app, that sort of thing. Um, or you're like, oh, I just linked Spotify. It's all there, and I put Cutthroat Cure on there as well, because I think we definitely got to do another one of those streams where I join you, maybe like when Corvus and Proxima come out, or something like that. Oh, 100%. You
1: know. Like, I would definitely, as I said, I'm getting, I'm definitely planning on doing, um, so right now I just finished building, I did a an alternate Valkyrie, so she has one sword and her spear from the comics, so I actually just oh, did a... Oh, I love um, that. I did a I just did Baron Zemo, Red Skull, um Black Widow and I'm currently working on Rocket, Groot, Thor, Star-Lord and Ultron um and then I'm going to do basically once again a two a two stream series of where basically all I'm going to be doing the whole stream is just basing them and basically you know, like if anybody saw me work on my venom, I, I at one point set him on fire. Set him and the lamppost physically on fire <laughs> because I was trying to like recreate something and um that was just what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do, we achieved it. And so that was um definitely something that I end up doing just because I like to push those boundaries and let people see like just how just how far you could take something if you really want to you know yeah for sure all right well this has been a super
0: fun episode Devin. thank you for coming on and chatting with me i've been wanting to do a hobby episode for a while
1: anytime as i said i i love to paint and anytime i get to talk to people i i get so much work more work done so anytime i have the ability to hobby chat or anything like that especially during this quarantine i am 100 percent game oh man you just made me think like we should
0: set up like um a big zoom chat or something and just have a bunch of people hang out and paint that sounds yeah. like so much fun
1: yeah no i just i was uh, i just uh participated in the adepticant um, multi-stream um During um, the when Adepticon was supposed to run and that was such a cool experience because I had never multi streamed before but it just so many of us were streaming at one time we're all working on different projects, but it was just, it was just like this cool community idea of like basically, since we all couldn't be together in person for like one of the best events in the United States, we were all together like virtually and like, I would be totally down with doing a zoom project like that. um, Just because of the fact that, you know, I like, I just like the mentality of like uh, paint hangouts and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So getting to do that, especially while people are stuck and, you know, especially if you're an introvert, I mean, an extrovert, and you're, you're suffering <laughs> yeah, from you've that. Got that. So you need that social interaction too. It is, it is real. Like, I'll be honest. I, I always talk to people who are introverts and they're always like, man, I really just need like my, like, I just need time to like chillax." And I never got that because it was like, oh, okay, we'll just stay home, you know, or, but like <laughs> having the ability where I just physically can't go out and like, Go do this and go do that. Like, if I wasn't streaming, I would be so freaking insane right now, it would be yeah, absolutely bonkers,
0: dude. You'd build like a glider and start throwing uh goblin bombs and stuff. Like,
1: I would just start screaming out of my window at passers. <laughs> like, there's people walking their dogs, and already they like take the long turn around my house. Like, I'm at the end of a cul de sac. And I swear to God, I'm just that house where, like, you see the kids like step across the road and just kind of point. Um, yeah, and you're
0: just yelling like, "We are venom," and they're like, yeah,
1: "What?" Exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, listeners. Thank you for checking out another episode. Happy to keep this content flowing while everyone's stuck at home. <laughs> Again, you guys can swing over to the Patreon if you want some bonus episodes. They're only end up being one buck each, and as soon as you subscribe, you get access to all the old ones too. And so, just trying to keep keep throwing that additional content out if you want that second episode per week but gonna keep on with this awesome you know guest content love having devin on so we're definitely gonna have to do this again and next time you like sit down you know put some models on the table and someone checks out your paint job they might just let you know your skills are just too op